Welcome to Humanity Evolved with your host, Catherine Calarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed form of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Calarco. Hello, and welcome to the show today. It is a great pleasure to be with you as we are dedicated to bring you the latest in technology and how it enables humanity to be a better place for all of us, not only for yourself, but for your community, your family, and for the entire world. So one of the key things we're talking about is some of the very interesting cutting-edge technologies that are bringing forth and really helping things that you wouldn't actually expect. And today, I have the greatest honor to have Matthew Lemaire here for us today. He is the managing partner of Fifth Era and the Kiretsu Capital. He has also been involved in this for many years. And Matthew, as a co-founder and partner of the Fifth Era, what? tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now and how it's really evolving digital currency and digital money. Thanks a lot, Catherine, for having me here. And hello, everyone who's listening in. Um, I'm English, as you can tell. Uh, My wife and I grew up in the UK. We came here 35 years ago uh, to Silicon Valley, and we never went home. And so for us, uh, this is our home. Uh, We brought up our family here, five kids. And um, for most of this time, we've been working in the areas of the internet, fintech, uh, financial institutions, technology companies, First career was as consultants. Uh, We worked for big consulting firms. Mm -hmm. And so the clients might have been a Google, an eBay, or a PayPal, as well as a Microsoft or a Bank of America. Um, But the last 20 years, we've been investors. And so we've been investing in the technologies that we think define the future. And I guess we're going to talk about some of those today. But there's a lot of them. And... um, and we're very excited, but it's also, obviously, for everyone, it's a little bit worrying and, and, and scary sometimes when things are changing so quickly, and they are changing very fast. Yeah, it's like a, there's it, it, what 2020 feels like it's actually a decade, not a year. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the key things is really about you. You talk, you write a lot of books, and you and Allison have written the book, The Fifth Era. And yes. I think that's sort of building on your knowledge and depth associated with how change is happening. So, um, can you tell us what is that, and 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 what is that about the Fifth Era? Thanks for asking, Catherine. And I know your shows are a lot about the future. Yeah. Um, Alice and I, you know, we've spent most of our careers helping companies navigate with uh, about uh, through strategy uh, to launch new products and services and new technologies. And uh, as time went by, we increasingly felt that there was something bigger going on here than simply a continuation of the industrial era. Um, we've, we've lived our lives in the industrial era. It's 200 years ago since the invention of steam and mass production and the arrival of electricity and so on and so on. Um, our feeling is something dramatically different is about to occur. We're transitioning to a new digital mm. connected world and new technologies are surfacing at an increasingly rapid rate. And it was our feeling as we thought about it that 
in many respects, it's not a continuation of the past. It's something new and different. And since the industrial era is actually the fourth era, the first was the hunter-gatherer period, the second was the agrarian period, the third was the mercantile period, then the industrial period, we think we're moving into a new time for humankind, uh, and it is not a continuation of the past. So we call that the fifth era. And the book that you mention is uh, a free book. It's available uh, for anyone who wants to read it at fifthera.com. But it's intended to give people insights and glimmers to just how dramatically different our futures may be. Yeah, it's, and you talked about, I mean, what's fascinating about this is that we are, in fact, designing our future. You know, you, you're talking about it's not an evolution of the past. It's actually a step change. Is that sort of the, yes. the essence that we are, if in fact, exponentially evolving in, in this moment? And so how do, uh, you know, the general people... How do you understand this? You know, change is challenging for people, and and right. uh, you know why why is the internet not good enough now? You know what 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 do we need to do this, and why is it evolving now? Yes, so um, there's a, several different questions in that question, yeah. Catherine. <laughs> um, it is true that the the un, the unknown is scary, and we are actually designed to be fearful of an yeah. unknown future. Uh, it's it's our, uh, our brains, our amygdalas, the front of our brain is wired to make us scared and nervous of what we don't understand. And all of us have grown up uh, in certain times. We understand those times well. We know how the world works and we're fearful if of change. Um, yeah. If you want to understand uh, the the future, oftentimes it's good to look at it through the lens of the next generation. And if you have children, or indeed if you are one of those millennials, you probably already take for granted many things that an older generation is struggling with about how the world is going to be and how it's going to change. Right. Now, uh, why is today not good enough? That was the yeah. second part of your question. Exactly. Yeah, well, well, um, there are uh, different ways of talking about this. Uh, for Alice and I, we're internet and fintech investors. So we focus on the internet and electronic commerce and the digital economy. And in that regard, the last 20 years has been dramatic. We've built out the internet. We all use it every industry, every company, every geography. It's part of doing business and living our lives. But the challenge is it's fundamentally broken. The internet that we have was meant to be a communication platform. Uh, scientists built it at Stanford and DARPA and MIT and CERN in Europe, and they shared data over the over a protocol called TCPIP, you don't know need to know what that means. All right. you need to know is that it sits underneath the internet. It's a communication platform, and it lets us communicate rather well. And we're doing that right now on this webinar. Yeah. But but it's not a commerce protocol. And when we do commerce, when we spend money and when we gather money and invest money, we need something that is highly secure has highly quality identity embedded in it. Um, we'd prefer that it not be too concentrated, and we can come back to what that means later. And it needs to have embedded in it digital money 
and digital assets. And none of those things exist today. We, I might go to Amazon or to Apple or somewhere else, and I might buy something. And straight away, I'll get a message back, all of you do, that says, yes, you bought it and you can have it. But then we give them our credit card or our debit card, and it feels like we just paid for it. But the truth is we didn't. The payment goes out of the internet and it goes through a payment gateway and it goes to a network. And you don't need to understand what that really means. What you need to understand is that's 30-year-old technology and it doesn't really work in the way we need it to work. We need real-time payments and real-time investing and real-time communication about where our money is and what's happening to it. And banks and payment companies of today are built on a different model, uh, a 30-year-old model. And that's why what we've got isn't good enough. It's one of the most important parts. Uh, Security, by the way, is at the top of my list because every day we're all being hacked and fished and scammed. And that's because TCP IP and the internet we have is just not very secure. Hmm. And that needs to be fixed too. That's super interesting because I was part of the digital revolution when e-commerce was actually adopted, right? And yeah. and literally, we were building a digital marketplace for life sciences, and the banks in Australasia were trying to figure out how to do immediate funds transfer and how to do e-commerce and creating unique ways of making this happen. And at at that time, it seemed... a profound leap to go from, I mean, literally we were going to um, research institutes that the first time that they truly used the internet as a procurement officer was to buy a product from us, Mm -hmm. right? So I almost envision the same thing happening here where it's not necessarily to know exactly how it all works. It's just making it a a better value for the individual to actually be able to to do digital uh, transfer or do money's transfer or do e-commerce or other aspects. So, how did digital monies and digital assets really help the problem you're talking about with the background of the internet not really being suited for for the for for commerce you know and that yes. really moving it forward so what makes it different yes a uh, great question and uh there's there's different levels of answering this question uh, i'm definitely of the opinion that most people do not need to know the plumbing <laughs> exactly you know, we, work. <laughs> every day, every day, you, you could be running a big business and you don't necessarily understand the technologies that you're using every day in what you do. And the same is true here. But let me give you some glimmers, some, some examples. Um, when we try and transfer money today, if I want to send you, Catherine, some money or to my mother in England, um, it's a time. It's a time-consuming process. It doesn't happen in seconds or milliseconds. Mm-hmm. It can take days, and it can cost a lot. The fees are, are pretty high. Well, it's even a bit worse than that because the payment rails—they call them payment rails—that our money moves over also drop transactions occasionally. They're old technology. It's 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 a, a challenge. But time and cost and reliability, none of them are good enough. Now, now what we'd like to have happen would be if I want to send you money or if I want to send money to my mother, it should happen instantaneously. You should get it in your bank account the moment I send it. You shouldn't even, it should be the blink of an eye and it shouldn't cost anything. 
Why should it cost anything? It's my money. I'm giving it to you. This is all technology. The technology doesn't really cost anything. A tiny little bit of electricity. Why do I have to pay 20 and 30 and more dollars to transfer money? Well, now imagine that we're in a world of microtransactions. So let's assume for a minute that it really does cost $20 for me to transfer a couple of hundred dollars to my mother in England. Right. Well, now imagine we're in a world of microtransactions where I want to send her a penny. I can't Uh do it. I can't do it because the costs of the transaction are higher than the value of the transaction. Right. Well, it turns out we're moving into a world of microtransactions. Um, We're beginning to create a world of connected devices, and we want to be able to reward people, and we want to be able to reward items, uh, devices, and objects for the value that they deliver to us. And because that value may be very small, we want to reward them with very small transactions. And we can't do that with today's infrastructure. So it's now, it's not just speed and quality and cost, but it's also that digital monies open up things that we've never been able to do before. And that was an example. Microtransactions is just an example. Mm. Now multiply that across to assets. Right. All of us, whether we have them in our own name or whether we have them in pension funds or IRAs or, or other holdings, uh, you know, we have assets in our name. Mm-hmm. Those assets mm-hmm. could be public stocks mm. or bonds or private investments, or funds, or Uh even property, real estate. Right. Well, it turns out that more than half of the world's assets are still paper-based. And Uh so if you want to buy a fund, or if you want to buy a house, or some real estate, you or a private investment, you go through an old-fashioned paper-based process that's time-consuming, costly, and not very high quality, mistakes happen. Right. And, and just in the same way as we're trying to digitize payments with native digital monies, so we need to digitize the rest of the world's assets and turn them into native digital assets, quicker, cheaper, more reliable. And that's the other half of this enormous transformation that's about to take place. Wow. So, okay. Mind blown. This is like a new area for me. So I'm really, you know, having done e-commerce, I understand the aspects of this, but actually creating a micro digital asset value uh, that moves people from the paper-based world to a digital world for their assets. Um, Is that a means like you uh, could in fact monetize art for the artist forever? You know, like you could actually own, that artist could own a piece of the art and and trade it like a stock exchange? Or does it mean that you can create a derivative value out of of, uh, your paper? I mean, what, what does it mean for me, for me as an individual? So, so we can go to other asset categories like art or collectibles or cars, and we could talk a little bit about those as well. But I think for your audience, mm-hmm. um, if we can get them to appreciate how different their lives would be if the monies they use every day, the, the investments that they make or that other people make for them, 
and the communications and activities that they perform today are about to be dramatically upgraded and changed. Right. I think right. that, that that is where I would begin. Um, and in fact, this isn't pie in the sky. This is not the future. It's happening now. Now, right. So, and and we, in a minute, I'm sure we'll talk about, on the one hand, the Chinese government and what it's doing and the American government and what they're doing. But we'll also talk about Bitcoin and uh, the cryptocurrencies and what they're all about. That's where I'd start. Art is a very unique thing. <laughs> yes. And, and some of it's very scarce if it's a physical painting by Van Gogh mm-hmm. or Picasso. Yeah. Some of it's digital. So how do you create scarcity when an artist creates a digital painting and you can actually, it's software, so you can copy it infinitely. Well, there are ways that we're exploring to make scarcity out of digital items too. And that's another thing we can talk about on this uh, in the next 45 minutes. Wow, that sounds awesome. And um, I know just going to summarize some of the things you talked about because we're about ready to go into a break. And I want to really like have people think about this. How can it actually change the way you operate on a daily basis? And what is the value it can bring to you in terms of how you operate within the your 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 digital money. I'm just thinking about how fast and easy it would be to send money back and forth now in this, you know, in the middle of COVID, you know, I'm using a lot more uh, digital payments, you know, digital transfers of monies. I'm using it uh, significantly more than I've used it before. So let's come back after the break because we really want to chat about blockchain, the cryptocurrencies and and, uh, and security. You know, you mentioned that to begin with. And I think those are three things that people are kind of, how secure is this and what is it and then some innovative ways that we can actually use this for for the better of our environment and our planet so come back after the break we're going to continue this conversation about how the digital world is transforming to include digital monies digital assets and the value that's going to bring to all of us and how we can participate now and into the future it's happening let's let's be part of it Thank you so much, Matthew. Let's, uh, we'll Thank go you. to break and we'll be right back. Come back and join us uh, to continue this exciting conversation. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. We're here talking to Matthew Lamar about the fifth era and really about digital. Our digital future includes digital monies, digital assets, um, the use of blockchain, et cetera, on how we can take ourselves into this next era. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about why this is arising and what is it. And so now I'd love to find out. We talked just before the break, we talked about how the impact of COVID. And, you know, Matthew, I'd love to know a little bit about what. You know, what has happened with COVID and how are our lives changing in relation yes. to, yeah, the digital monies? Yes, exactly. Thanks, Catherine. So, so as you mentioned, we're, uh, humanity is evolving towards this digital future. The internet that we have is not sufficiently capable. And the, in particular, we have to solve those problems. Right. Uh, security, identity, concentration, digital money, and digital assets. Now, the technologies that are... Uh, that we work on here in Silicon Valley and around the world have have been worked on for a long time. And one of the biggest challenges innovators often have is that the users aren't ready for the new technologies. Mm. And so uh, think topics, which we're going to talk about in a second, like uh, digital health telemedicine or digital education or digital entertainment or electronic commerce or digital monies. These things we've been working on actually for decades. That's true. But it was very hard to get them embraced. And this is where COVID, I think that COVID, which is a terrible, terrible thing. And, you know, many families and many businesses are suffering terribly. Nonetheless, the silver lining, if there is one, is that we have accelerated the, the evolution of humanity towards its digital future in an enormous way. A hundred percent of students are studying electronically. A hundred percent of us are having to interact with our healthcare professionals digitally. If we weren't already using 
you know, online electronic commerce to buy our goods and have them sent to our home. We probably are right now. Yeah. And, you know, if, 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 if we were people that didn't really like watching digital content or playing games or other things electronically, we're probably doing it more now. So that is what we call an acceleration of the adoption curves of right. these underlying technologies. And it, and it can't, you can't underestimate how 2020 has jumped us three, five, seven years into the future. And it is true that some of us may choose to move, go backwards, if you will. Yeah. When, uh, but most of us, I think, will continue to use these technologies because I think we're beginning to appreciate that they're helpful, that they, they can make our lives better and even if there are things about the physical uh, ways to do things that we still love, uh, nonetheless, we can complement them with efficient digital approaches. So COVID, terrible as it is, has accelerated these technologies and made them real now. And almost everyone, at least 4 billion people in the world out of the 8 billion are yeah. connected electronically and they're using these things now. And that is an enormous change from just six and nine months ago. So what, what are they using now that's, that is incorporating these digital monies and digital assets? I mean, okay. yeah, what, what is it that they're actually, is there some examples that you have that we can talk about? Or, you know, I, 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 I'd love to learn a little bit more about what is actually, what are the key, key examples that are changing now because of COVID? Yes. All right. So it's a very good thought. Um, and so let's start off with digital monies. So yeah. by the way, electronic commerce, telemedicine, these are all part of the digital economy and they're accelerating too. But let's just talk about first monies. Yeah. So in the case of monies, the US government had a terrible shock back in March and April. Right. They wanted to give money to the people and businesses of America. Oh, yeah, we were involved you, with yeah. yeah. And at yeah. the same time, they were trying to do it in a way that didn't expose people to COVID. Right. right. And how did they do it? Well, they wrote paper checks and they mailed them to your home. <laughs> I, know, I know. And you had to wait for those you checks to, to arrive. And then when the checks arrived, you had to figure out, what do I do with this check? And some of you knew how to do a mobile check deposit, but most of you didn't. So then right. you had to rush off to a bank and uh, it's like, it's stimulating. Crazy. Well, it stimulated all the behaviors that they were trying to stop during this pandemic. They didn't want you to be out and about paying in checks and cashing checks and all this sort of thing. Well, I think that was a moment when Congress and, uh, you know, government appreciated for the first time that a U.S. digital money system in which everyone in America could have received that 1200 or whatever it was dollars in real time dropped into their own bank accounts. Yeah. Assuming that they have bank accounts, which is another issue. We do have an unbanked population in America as well. But, but that notion of a digital money that could have been dropped into your account in instantaneously at no cost or negligible cost, how beneficial that would have been. And that was a turning point. Now, the other turning point, so that was in America, but the other yeah. turning point was that China, over the last 18 months, began to beat a drum very loudly that it would embrace blockchain and it would embrace digital money and that it would have a digital yuan and they are moving very, very fast. So mm -hmm. they already have piloted and implemented 
a digital currency, a digital version of their currency called the yuan. And that currency is already being used at the Chinese equivalents of Google and Amazon and Apple, which in China, these companies are called Alibaba and Tencent, yeah. WeChat, WePay, AntPay, and other things. And um, that is a very important. It's very important. Why? Because the China, China is actually more advanced than we are uh, on this topic. In fact, Europe is more advanced than America in many aspects of digital money and payments. Mm-hmm. Um, the second reason, and in fact, India has real-time payments today and America doesn't. Yeah. Um, so that's one point. The second point, though, is a geopolitical point, mm. right? So if that first point is simply the payment systems are more sophisticated and real-time and low-cost in other parts of the world, the geopolitical issue is that the U.S. dollar has been the global reserve currency since the 1970s. And America benefits enormously because all the trade around the world is denominated in dollars, and you have to use dollars as the global reserve currency. Mm. Well, that is not guaranteed. It wasn't true right. 100 years ago. That's correct. Yeah, and it exactly. might not be true in 100 years. Right. It may not even be true in 20 years if we don't get our act together and start to work on this topic now. Right. Exactly. Uh, America can't rest on its laurels. And I think that's true in many fields, but around this particular topic, global finance, global payments, the, glo- the, the global reserve currency, and the global financial centers, it's very important that America continue to have the lead that it has exercised for at least 50 or more, you know, 60 and more years. And um, that is not guaranteed. We, we yeah. would like to think that it is our, our right but it isn't. Uh, it happens to be the result of a lot of hard work of American people, business people, government officials, bankers back in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And if we sit here twiddling our thumbs and allowing our technology to be left behind, we will deserve the result that we get. Right. Um, and so going back to your question, specific examples, China has a digital yuan coming out of its pilot. India has real-time payments. Europe has fast and real-time payments in many respects. And here in America, many of us still write checks. Our government still writes checks. And we wait for the paper to come in the mail. And that is the past. That is not the future. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that because it actually impacts people's lives immediately. And it's it, it kind of comes back to how how can we enable these technologies? And some of it is change management. Some of it is risk mitigation. They're concerned about the security or they're concerned about what goes wrong rather than how to make it work and make it work right. Um, and and really how it adds benefit. I mean, people, if you think about it, if you were sitting in New York in the turn of the century, Entry and you saw horses, you would say, how can I go faster? We'll get a faster horse. Because the vision was, there wasn't a vision for 
cars. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and you had a piles of manure on the side of the road that m- created right. horrendous filth. So in fact, if you think about how can we leverage these technologies to actually create more population benefit and understand, take the time or have the experts involved within the, uh, to change management, education, how do I set up the technology, et cetera. Those things are like, okay, we're, we're going to embrace the future and we're going to participate in it. We're not going to just wait for it to happen to us. So, you know, it, it seems like there's a huge opportunity for that. So how can, you know, in terms of this, with regard to the, uh, the ability for COVID to actually rapidly accelerate the digital transformation, you know, how can uh, uh, governments and small businesses prepare for this future? How could they yeah. participate in this, you know? Yes, yes. So, um, well, at the gov- I, I'm going to not answer the question at the government okay. level because, <laughs> no, but the reason is, I think that that is obvious. Um, yeah. The American, the U.S. government and all of the 50 states need right now to embrace the notion of digital monies and digital assets. They have begun to do so, but yeah. they're making it complicated. And it's, it's hard in America to do things that are easy right now in other countries. America has to take the same stance as it did for the internet. When the internet first appeared, America made the smartest decision imaginable. It said, we will embrace the internet, we will accelerate it, and we will make it easy for innovators. And whether you are happy with the dominance of Apple and Google and Facebook and Amazon or not, the reality is American internet companies are the best in the world alongside a few Chinese companies. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to this topic of digital monies and digital assets, America needs to maintain its position of leadership. And the only way that's going to happen is for our elected officials and our regulators and lawmakers to really get on board and push this forward and help us all innovate. Mm -hmm. Now, at the small business level, um, let's talk about that. So the, the great thing about being a small business person is that sometimes you can actually do things faster than big companies. Right, and, and I'm sure there's lots of small business people listening to this right now, and you know that your biggest challenges are often getting work or getting business, delivering what's expected of you, and then getting paid. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, yeah. it's really pretty straightforward. And many of you already embraced digital technologies to help you find customers. Right? Some of yeah. you may use yeah. things like Google AdWords or Salesforce's products and other things to help you reach customers. Yep. And many of you are actually very sophisticated about the way you use the internet to source your products and deliver your products. And you may use uh, other, other players. You may, you know, maybe you've got a store at eBay or maybe you're online sourcing your products from the other side of the world electronically. Well, it turns out that uh, when you get to payments, it's the same thing. There are already payment providers that are beginning to build solutions that small businesses can use that begin to leverage these technologies. And so I'm going to mention some names, but there's a lot of them. But like you could, uh, a square would be an example. Exactly. You know, square makes it very easy for a small businessman to accelerate their payment the, mm-hmm. their payment process, their cash cash uh, process. Um, PayPal just made a big announcement a, a month or so ago that it 
but you know by early next year it's going to make it easy for its 25 million or so customers to accept bitcoin and we haven't talked about bitcoin yet but it's an example of a digital money um, to accept digital monies like bitcoin so as a small business person you don't necessarily have to wait i was in australia in the first half of march right and we were just hearing about covid and I was on a radio show like this, Catherine, and mm -hmm. they asked me for an example. And I'd heard an example that morning, but I didn't understand how important the example was, but I used it. Mm -hmm. I met this young guy, like 20 years old, and he had just bought a large amount of masks in China. And he had used, uh, he was based in Australia, but he had contacted the, the mask manufacturers in China and he had bought a couple of container loads. And the way he leapfrogged the queue was when they said, well, how are you going to pay for this? He'll say, I'll pay for it right now by making a Bitcoin transfer. Wow. And the, the seller in China uh, was, was willing to jump him on the queue because he could pay instantaneously. Huh. And he did pay instantaneously. And so this is like the second week of March. And this young guy basically had this shipment of masks on their way to Australia. Now, we know that in retrospect, that was a brilliant move because for about eight weeks or 12 yeah. weeks, we couldn't get masks, right, not quality exactly. ones. Yeah. You know, we were all sewing. We were all sewing in our kitchens. and yeah, 3D printing. That, yeah, exactly. As if, <laughs> yeah. as if a, a sewn-up sheet would have the protective power of a K94 mask. Exactly. You know, and this guy had just bought all these K95s. Well, that's a very granular example, but it's an example of how a small businessman or woman uh -huh. can already use these technologies. You can. Yeah. You can, you can figure out uh, the offers. You can look at your own website if you're doing electronic commerce, and you can begin to think about how you can participate in real time with these communities of people. Now, now the other half of this dialogue is the users. Right. Right. So, so the other half of the dialogue is the most important users of the future are already with us. They're young. Right. You know, we can call them right. digital, di digital <laughs> millennials. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're not immigrants. They're natives. <laughs> yes. So, so they are already, uh, you know, certainly tens of millions of them, maybe even hundreds of millions of them around the world already have digital wallets. They already have experimented with cryptocurrencies, but they also all play video games and they're all very familiar with virtual monies and doing business electronically. And I yeah. think for a small businessman, you can think, or woman, you can think about how do I prepare my products and services and my platforms, my electronic commerce, my, my storefront to really attract those types of people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they yeah. are out there and there are a lot of them. That, you know, this uh, we have to go to a break, but I think it's super yep. important to realize that 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 this the, the opportunity is out there for all SMEs, and that the the generation that's moving on is an opportunity to actually engage with the user and get acceptance of it. 
And we're seeing people move from cash to Venmo and Square and other means of being able to get their monies right away because they don't want to incur the cost of the credit card transactions, especially when they're trying to grow their business. But we're going to come back right after the break because we're going to talk about some interesting things associated with blockchain. We haven't got into the value of blockchain for things like, you know, telemedicine and other areas like that. But there are some fascinating um, uh, facilitation of things we've been wanting to do for years that COVID is driving us to make happen. And we now have the technology to enable it to be very real. So join us after the break. I'm here with Matthew. We're talking about the fifth era and how we're making it happen right now. Join us after the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers presented by SAP on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine, and it's great to have you back on the show. I'm here with Matthew from The Fifth Era, and we are talking about how this is happening now. We're being able to create digital monies and assets and the uh, being able to leverage them based on the digital transformation that's occurring because of COVID, and also being able to create more monies available to people. But, you know, before we were talking a little bit about blockchain. So, Let's talk. What is blockchain, and and how, right. and what are other uses that blockchain can give to us? Okay, so so Catherine, um, 
Let me start this way. Uh, let me just refer back to something we already said. Uh, almost no one can explain what TCPIP <laughs> is, but we all use it every day because we all use the internet. The same is true in blockchain. Here's what you do need to know. Um, about 10 or 11 years ago, a person or a group of people, we don't know who they are, it's still anonymous, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, wrote a white paper. And the white paper, which was called the Bitcoin white paper, was a paper intended to lay out the architecture for a distributed, secure, global digital money. Mm. Um, and the notion was governments issue money and we all use those monies. But what happens if you want to use a money that is free of the monetary system and the uh, direct uh, management of a government. Now, uh, we're, you know, we're in America, we're pretty fortunate. We've got the US dollar and the US dollar works pretty well. Yeah. But there's 8 billion people around the world and at least half of those people, 4 billion of them, can't trust their government issued currency, currencies, yeah. right? Right, if you're right. Venezuela, or you're in Zimbabwe, or you're in Argentina, you, you're, you're exposed to hyperinflation right. and expropriation. And, you know, you, you, you worry about having your money in those currencies. So, uh, and there are other people around the world who also see the, the benefit of having a sovereignless, distributed, decentralized, secure digital money. And that's what Bitcoin was now in order to create bitcoin and bitcoin does work yeah. you know there's there's yeah. probably about 100 million people or something around the world that have been exposed to it and may even still have some yeah um uh in order to build it it required the creation of a technology architecture a protocol um and that protocol which it turns out to be called the blockchain protocol Mm -hmm. solves the problems that we talked about at the beginning of this call. It's, right. it is, it's built to be secure. Yeah. It has a clear notion of identity embedded in it. It provides for an open, immutable record, which means anyone can check in on the blockchain and see that the Bitcoin that they're receiving is real and look at its provenance and other things. And it is, by definition, a digital money. Bitcoin yeah. is a native digital money. And it also lays a model, a, a foundation for the creation of digital assets too. Mm -hmm. So, so another, uh, another name for that underlying blockchain protocol is distributed ledger technology. And we can talk more about what that means. But for the people listening to this, the most important thing you need to know is that the blockchain protocol or the distributed ledger technology solves the most important problems that we have with the internet today. Mm. And if we could find, and if we can move towards a, a world in which we take TCPIP and embed in it or engineer into it something like the blockchain protocol, we will have a internet that is able to cope with the future digital economy that we're all moving towards.
Wow. And so, you know, um, kind of turning to a, a topic that I know that's high on your personal list, you know, things that will be, could be impacted by this. What's going on with the environment and what should we be doing about that? You know, what's happening there? Okay. So I know we're, we don't have much longer on this call. And obviously, this is a big and very important topic. Yeah. Um, for Alison and I, we think that the, the 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 future has three dimensions which will change dramatically the the first is the one we've just spent the last 40 minutes talking about the the arrival of a true digital economy the right. second is dramatic changes in life sciences and health and we haven't talked about that at all and the third is the environment the environment is the has been receiving the collateral damage of the industrial age the environment is the biggest loser from everything that we've done for the last 200 years. And that's not sustainable. You know, you talk about humanity evolving. We have to evolve towards a lighter footprint and one that the earth is capable of supporting and absorbing. And unfortunately, whether you believe in all of the aspects of, for example, climate change or global warming or other things, I think everyone around, every one of us knows that we've had negative impacts on the earth and on the environment. Well, that needs to change and it needs to change now. So to yeah. put this into context, um, it was 40 years ago that uh, the first World Climate Conference was held in Geneva. Yeah. And, and at least 40 years ago, we knew what we were doing. Yeah. And yeah. we, being humanity, we really haven't changed very much what we're doing. Oh, maybe got worse. <laughs> and uh, uh, probably it did. And it's <laughs> yeah. for, because, uh, because many billions of people are coming up the developmental curve and they're catching up with America so that their right. environmental footprint is larger and is more negative. Um, so what we need to do now is to begin to reverse that trend. And most of those technologies have nothing to do with blockchain. Most of those technologies are to do, to do with clean energy, energy efficiency, as well as good old-fashioned things like stop burning all of the rainforests of the world, right. uh, which releases so much carbon into the atmosphere. Well, how can digital monies and blockchain help? And here I'm very hopeful um, Alice and I are involved in a couple of initiatives, one in Europe, which is called Spark Change, and one here in America, which is called the Universal Protocol Alliance. And both of them are preparing to create crypto currencies that are focused on carbon credits and offsets. In other words, uh, giving access to everyone in the world so that they can easily make their own carbon footprints neutral or negative, negative is a good thing in this space. It means yeah. you, you have negative carbon or less carbon uh, that you're putting into the atmosphere. And um, also offsetting your pollution, because all of us pollute. We do all pollute. We drive cars, we fly. And that's if we could do less of that, that would be the ultimate answer. But if we have to pollute, then at least put some of our energy and our resources into these very positive climate-friendly initiatives, new energy, energy efficiency, saving the rainforests. And I do think they'll, you'll see before Christmas of this year, before the end of this year, 
you will see some new crypto currencies that mm. are focused and engineered around helping yeah. uh, with this topic. I think this is phenomenal. I, I think we need to participate in, in supporting uh, initiatives and being conscious of our impact on the planet, right? And this right. this facilitates the means for us to to understand you know, and track. If you measure and track, and this is a means of doing that, you change. And, um, you know, the, yes. the uh, and, and I think part of that is to incentive and disincentive to actually, based on behavior, you're, you now are rewarded or de-rewarding individuals for what they're doing. And I think this, uh, you, you uh, acknowledge that this is very important for the millennials. I also think it's very important for things like saving the ocean, right? Saving things that you can't see, you know, that you got to care about, but you, but it's hard because you're trying to deal with your own little life, right? So right. you can actually delegate that by uh, enabling a cryptocurrency or a, a, some way of being able to fund those through the through your actions or through the way that you're doing um, the yes. carbon credit. So, yeah, I, yes. it's yes. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So taking this up to, you know, a macro level, yeah. your, sh your show is called Humanity Evolve. <laughs> and we know that for each one of us individually, yeah. our legacy is actually either our children or if we don't have any children, it's our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters and, and our cousins' children. The future is our children, and that is our legacy. Right. And I think that there's no one listening into this show right now who would want to have to look their children in their eyes and say, I destroyed your planet, goodbye. You wouldn't want it. You wouldn't no, want that to be your legacy. No, you don't. Well, you don't. unfortunately, <laughs> as we sit here today, that is one of the biggest single messages of our time. Our generation and the generation that went before us, uh, and I'm younger than Biden and Trump, uh, you know, they are the generation ahead of me. Um, these two generations, more than any, are the ones that destroyed this the, uh, or at least had a very negative impact, impact on the environment. And I think it's not too late for us to try and reverse that. Yep. And I think that there's many ways uh, to support new technologies and innovation. And the good news about these uh, carbon cryptocurrencies that are coming is that they will be very accessible and anyone, regardless of your resource level, Will be able to participate a little bit. You know, you, we can't all put solar panels on our house. We can't all drive Teslas, but anyone can buy a, you know, a few dollars worth of, well, not anyone, but most of us can buy a few dollars worth yeah. of something that has a positive impact yeah. uh, for the world. So we're, we're coming up on the close, and I think that's a beautiful way to close it, Matthew. It's a really about how we can participate. Anyone can participate in changing the future. And it is about the evolution. Humanity evolves starts with ourselves. It starts with the actions that we take, how we uh, participate in the world, and the things that we can take advantage of. And, and I think what's uh, phenomenal about this is that it's accessible, so, you know, in, in closing, I really am going to encourage you as, as listeners to take up Matthew's challenge and actually learn about this area and be able to participate in the fifth era. And where people can go is through the website, fifthera.com. And, 
and really engage with this uh, technology and understanding and learning about it. You don't need to learn how know how it works. You just need to know how you can participate it and how and how you can benefit. So, you know, we've only got thirty seconds to close. Is there anything, Matthew, that you feel that w- would help people and what they should do? Well, the only thing I would say is some people are readers and some people learn by doing. The readers should go to fifthera.com. There's, <laughs> there's a free book for them. Uh, but for the people who want to do, um, just do something. So yeah. open open a, a, a wallet at a Uphold or an SFOX, a crypto wallet, or embrace PayPal when it comes to you and says, do you want to open up your wallet and then buy a tiny little bit of Bitcoin or something like this and just see what you can do with it. And then I think you'll have a glimmer of the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. And thank you so much, Matthew, for being on the show. He's a brilliant man and cares a great deal about everything from finance to the environment. And we will have to do another show on life sciences and healthcare. (laughs) There's a whole other hour in that one. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again then.